Cambodia. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. There is no one like God. He's King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. Is the I am that I am. Is the only living God. Is the same yesterday. Is the same today. You remain the same forever. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day and what it represents in our lives, in your church, in our movement, and in the future of our nation. Lord, have your way today. Think through our thoughts. Speak through our vocal cord. At the end of everything, let the words fall like showers of heaven upon grounds that will produce a hundredfold. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' most glorious name we pray, and the people said, Praise the Lord. You may be seated in his presence. Good morning. God bless you. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to your house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you will, please turn your Bible with me to Proverbs chapter 20. Verse number 15, Proverbs chapter 20, and right at verse number 15. Are you ready to read with me? Ready? Read. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. What do you understand by that? It simply means, in comparison, the leaves of knowledge are precious jewel, more valuable than gold, and a multitude of rubies. Read that portion of scripture one more time. Ready? Read. There is gold and a multitude of rubies, but the leaves of knowledge are a precious jewel. Psalm 45, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 45, verses 1 and 2. You can spend all your money 
buying gold, buying silver, buying rubies, and keeping them, uh, saving them for rainy days. If you don't have precious jewels, you will lose them all. If your lips are not lips of knowledge, you will squander everything later because your lips are lips of knowledge. The lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Psalm 45 verses 1 and 2. This was the message God gave to me the day I was going to shut down the chambers and step into ministry. I woke up early in the morning. It was 3rd of May, 1988. And I said to the staff that day, my heart is indicting a good matter. Let me tell you this. They didn't expect that that morning, neither did I. But this is the word God gave me. And I knew legal practice was over. That moment, I had to communicate it to them, and I had to perseverance uh, with it so that everyone can go find something else to do. Some got three months, some got six months to help them relocate. I had seven lawyers in our chambers then, and the moment God spoke, I didn't wait for a second day, I shut it down. Psalm 45, verses 1 and 2. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. That's not what it says in KJV. In KJV, it says, my heart is indicting a good matter. Give it to me in KJV. That's the way it was given to me. I like this. You can recite your composition. Psalm 45, verses 1 and 2. And one of the things you need to trust God for, and believe me, is once I hear God, I don't wait for anybody. Mm-mm. Because they will apply brakes on you. I don't wait. I will communicate and move on. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into your leaves. Therefore, God has blessed you Forever. Now let's read it in the New King James Version. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is a pen of a ready writer. What does the tongue do? It writes on the canvas of man's heart. My tongue is a pen. Of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. He's talking about the king. Grace is poured upon your leaves. Therefore, God has blessed you for some time. When grace is poured upon your leaves, you are blessed forever. Nobody can take it away from you. Gold will come to you. Silver will come to you. Rubies will come to you. You will not be looking for them because grace is poured upon your lips. Can I hear amen? Amen. Let me use two persona in the Bible to illustrate the importance of having our lips poured. Isaiah chapter 6. 
Isaiah chapter 6, beginning from verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, and I don't know who King Uzziah represents in your life, but whatever is hindering your glory from shining, from coming into manifestation, the Lord will take them away from you. Whatever will sabotage your future and your destiny, God will take them away. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face. They dare not look at the glory of the Lord. With two he covered his feet. That's where dust gathers unto men's feet. They dare not have any speck of death in the presence of the Lord. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another said, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. They will cry like that forever. Because each time they say holy, they see a manifestation of his glory. Before they could take a breath, it will manifest again, holy, it will manifest again, holy, 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 day and night, that's their song in the throne room. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You can, what you see is what you testify about. You can see your nation as corrupt reading, nothing good is there. But you can look from the perspective of heaven and say the whole earth, including your country, it's full of God's glory, and you begin to present yourself to God, position yourself in such a way that it can make happen on earth that which is in heaven. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me. For I am undone. The prophet was not talking about any person here. You can go to chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 of Isaiah and see how many times he had pronounced woe. The ox knows his owner, the ass his master's crib. Israel does not know, my people do not consider. He was looking at others and pronouncing woes on them. But at this point, when he saw the glory of God, he said, Woe is me! I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean leaves. How did, it, how did it develop unclean leaves? Environmental pollution. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. The people you hang around sometimes will influence how you speak. I dwell in the midst of unclean people. But my eyes have seen the Lord of glory, the King of glory. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal. This is serious matter. A live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it. That's very, very comfortable. A live coal. He's <laughs> so nice, sir. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity, that's where it's coming from. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. 
And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and tell these people. <laughs> Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull and their ears heavy. And shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. What a word given to a prophet whose leaves have just been pushed. Go and speak to them, but everything you say to them will be received with closed eyes, closed ears, and closed heart. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant. The houses are without a man. The land is utterly desolate. The Lord has removed men far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet, a tent will be in it and will return and be for consuming as a temporary tree, as an oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down. See, the word that is coming, let me read the last sentence there, thank you. So the holy seed shall be stopped. The word that is coming this morning, I pray the Father will do you good. Yeah. And that you're not going to meet it or receive it with a close mindset. Yeah. You will not become self opinionated that I've made up my mind, this is the way I'm going, nobody is going to change me. That's deadly. Just be open. Tell your neighbor, be open. Now, I want you to see what happened to Isaiah after his sleep. His lips were pushed. See what happened to him. Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 4. Isaiah 50, verse number 4. Listen to him. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a learned. He takes the hear of the learned. And the tongue of the learned to speak to the weary for them to receive strength. I want you to lift up your hands where you are. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my Redeemer, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. In your sight. Oh Lord. My Redeemer. You've seen Isaiah. It can happen to you. Because when God punched his leaves. His iniquities were taken away. He gave him the. Tongue of the learned. And the ear of the learned. And money by money. He comes to wake him up. With a fresh word. 
so that he knows how to speak to the weary. Before he was washed, he himself was full of iniquity. Because the tongue is set on the frequency of hell. James chapter 3. The reason he gives you a new tongue as a sign of your being born again is because the tongue of the fallen man is set on the frequency of hell. Hell is not just the place the ungodly will go at the end. Hell is your experience when you walk away from God. In Jonah chapter 2 he said, and Jonah 1 said, and Jonah departed from the presence of the Lord. And chapter 2 said, I was in the belly of hell. To depart from the presence of the Lord is to step into hell. That moment, you have started burning, you just don't know. And others around you are yet to smell this filth of hell. The reason he has given us a new tongue is because your tongue, the tongue of the fallen man, is set on the frequency of hell. In fact, you create hell around you. James chapter 3. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. So when God, when Jesus said, as he was concluding in Matthew chapter 5, and said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. He knows you are falling. He knows there will be times of rising and falling. He knows you can't be exactly like him in terms of holiness because his holiness reveals your and my unholiness. But if you can be perfect in your word, if your word becomes your bond, if your word can be relied upon, do you understand me? If your word is good, then God considers you perfect. Let me read that verse again. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put beads in horses' mouths that they may obey us. God had to do something for Ezekiel. And David prayed the same prayer in the book of Psalms. God said, I will seize your tongue. And you will not be able to speak until the time I want you to speak. So many times you will remain mute and can't speak a word. Because God knows every word that flow out of him will be <laughs> fully loaded. David prayed an unusual prayer. He said, Lord, put padlock in my mouth. Help me to shut my lips. You'll find out in this short exhortation why. Let's read that portion. Indeed, we put beads in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Once you get control of the tongue and the mouth, the whole body is brought under. Look also at shapes. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. You call it steering. (laughs) 
where the pilot desires. Look at a, a big ocean liner, like the cruise ship you are in. What drives it is so small. Even so, the tongue is a little member. God positioned 32 soldiers around it. You call it you think it's for chewing alone. Because if I let this man, this tongue be alone without putting it in a garrison. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire Kindles. If you have seen on CNN, in California and other places, it starts little and it gets to the place where all the technology they have that can, cannot quench the fire. And the tongue is a fire. It's not just a fire, it's a world system on its own. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And sets on fire the cause of nature. Think that God has put in order. He will set it on fire. And it is set on fire by hell. So hell is not too far from you. It's in your mouth. It's not a place you have to go after. You already need. God had to purge the leaves of Isaiah. And Jesus promised you, see promises, and that promise still holds true, a new tongue. I want you to lift up your hand and say, now I understand why I need a new tongue. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. How are they able to cast out devils? They will speak with a new tongue. In my name, in the name of Jesus. I will cast out devils because he has given me a new tongue. The tongue of a ready writer in Jesus' mighty name. Now let me show you, profile another scenario for you to see why words are crucial and important. And in this season, we've got to be extra careful. Take heed how you hear and what you hear. And when you don't understand a thing, give the other person the benefit of the doubt to explain himself, lest you be set on the frequency of hell and you self-destruct. Job had three friends, well-known friends. And when they heard of the afflictions of Job, they called themselves together and said, look, adversity is the true test of friendship. We must go to our friend and really sympathize or empathize or commiserate. He had lost his children. He had lost his financial empire. All that was left was his integrity. The three of them made an appointment to come see him. Job 2.11. In Job 1, the disaster had hit. In Job 2, the second portion had already happened. Where Satan said, give me access through his wife. 
I will destroy him as a person. So flesh, skin for skin and flesh for flesh. It's a, it's a, give me access to his bone and his flesh. He will curse you to your face. As soon as Satan left the place, who spoke next? Now you think it's about skin. No, he knew what happened in the garden. That he accessed the man through Eve, through his wife. He knew what happened in, in Genesis uh, chapter 10, or what, what, chapter 16, that he just accessed Abraham through Sarai, who said, take my housemaid. Do you understand me? So this man is too solid. I need access through his wife. I will dismantle him in split seconds. In those moments, you need to pull yourself apart because Satan has entered the house. Do you understand me? And if you are not well taught, it can be the other way around also. Because you are linked together, it can be from you to him. Because in God, there is really no gender. There is no male, no female. Jezebel's spirit can function through a man. It's a spirit of witchcraft and control. I hope you are listening to me. And the man, woman spoke. Are you still holding to your integrity? Now you can imagine how her eyes will be rolling. <laughs> Cast God and die. He knew the enemy had stepped in. It was not his wife speaking. If you, if you are not alert in the spirit, hell will speak through your child, speak through your wife, speak through your husband, speak through... Speak through your neighbor. Speak through your colleague. You must know how to shut it down immediately with fury. Your environment may not understand you, but you do what you need to do. Because when it starts burning, it will consume her. You know, mojo and it down. But these three friends made an appointment after he had lost all, except God and his integrity. Let's see. Now, when Job's three friends had of all this adversity that come upon him, each one came from his own place. Elevas, the termite, <laughs> the termite, <laughs> Bildad, the Shuite, Ashishukushule and suffer the Nematite. For they had made an appointment together to come among with him and to comfort him. What did they come for? To mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they raised their eyes from afar and did not recognize him, they lifted their voices and wept. And each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him. For they saw that his grief was very great. I wish they had stayed away. These miserable comforters, I wish they had stayed away. And I wish after they had shut their mouth for seven days and seven nights, they got up and said, we do not understand all this. We cannot trace God. We trust him. God will... Turn this around for you. Each one open his words. I know there is sin in your life. All 
these things that you have been doing and get. I know there are other things. You see, your judgment had now come. And each of them almost damaged what was left in Job. But these were three friends of Job. Old men who were supposed to be wise. They spoke and brought hell on earth to Job. But there was a young man there. It was different. He spoke and turned heavens loose. Job 32, verse number 6. Job 32, verse 6. Job chapter 32, verse 6. So he knew the son of Barakel, the Buzat, answered and said, I am young in years, and you are very old. Therefore, I was afraid, and dare not declare my opinion to you. Can you learn from the young? Hello, someone. Can you learn from young people? By the vigil, missionary force vigil, I'd already told you, Oh, we had gone through a lot with uh, vision, mission, logo, and everything, and we'll unveil them today. A young lady said, why don't we wait for registration and make sure that this particular logo also, we have done copyright on it before we unveil it so that people will not, pirates will not attack us and we'll have to go and buy it. We have kept this in check, all this. As soon as I heard the word, I knew this was coming from heaven. I quickly called the consultant. Wait till we finish everything. We'll call you at the right time. Do you understand me? Now I can say, no, I've spoken. So I sent text to everyone. They didn't know what the text, but this is the reason. I, it was a young lady. A married team who spoke. Did not speak to me directly. Spoke to someone who could tell me and said, have we registered everything? I said, okay, we will not do anything until after registration of all things and we have secured our tent well. Does it make sense? A missionary is not a mission in a hurry. Godliness is not microwave. Because you want to quickly communicate, you can sabotage and create an abortion. I've seen... uh, I've seen situations that are tense. There will be a little child that will bring peace. Because you will soon read here why even old men can fail. I said age should speak and multitude of years should teach wisdom. But as a spirited man... And the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. Please pay attention. Great men are not always. All the men in the house, can I hear amen? Amen. It's not saying great men are not wise. They are not always wise. Because the day you know everything, you have become God. Great men are not always wise. Nor do the aged always understand justice. Justice is just. But if you administer a measure of justice 
that will destroy another completely, then you truly don't understand what justice is all about. Let's read that together again. Verse 9. Great men are not always wise, nor do aged always understand justice. Will you lift up your hand today and say, God, give me access into your wisdom. And when I don't get it, surround me with people. Male, female, young, old, who can arrest a disaster before it happens. And give me the ear of the learned so that I know when you are speaking to me through others. And give me the tongue of the learned to know how to accurately communicate truth that will set men free. In Jesus' name, amen. Great men are not always wise, nor do aged always understand justice. Therefore, I say, listen to me. I also will declare my opinion. Indeed, I waited for your words. I listened to your reasonings while you search out what to say. I pay close attention to you. And surely not one of you convinced Job or answered his words. Lest you say we have found wisdom. God will vanquish him, not man. Now he has not directed his words against me. Because I didn't join you. To further destroy him. So he did not direct his words against me. So I will not answer him with your words. I'm not sure you are getting this. Allah is so. You understand me? Why don't you wait till you understand everything before you communicate? I'm not going to answer him with your words. Because I do not really know the source of your words. I know there's a spirit in man. The inspiration of God gives him understanding. I will not answer him with your words. He has not directed his words against me. They are dismayed and answer no more. Words escape them. Flat tire. These were rich men. If they were contemporaries of Job, they must be rich people. Do you understand me? They were really rich men. They were contemporaries of Job. And three of them made appointment to come and see him. But God positioned this fourth man. Maybe he did not have their wealth. But he had what they didn't have. He was full of matter. Let's, let's read. And I waited because they did not speak, because they stood still and answered no more. I also will answer my part. I too will declare my opinion. For I am full of words. Please take note of verse 18. I'm coming back there to dig deeper. I am full of words. The spirit within me compels me. Indeed, my belly is like wine that has no vent. It is ready to burst like new wine skins. I will speak that I may find relief. I must open my lips and answer. Let me not, I pray, show partiality to anyone. 
You understand? You want to step into a matter you don't fully understand and you're already taking sides. Let me not, I pray, show partiality to anyone, nor let me flatter any man. For I do not know how to flatter, else my maker will soon take me away. Flatterers with flattery lips, I hope you are listening. In recent times, I had to take some position that looks very hard. But it's to save a situation. It's to save the person, not to destroy the person. And you know what? I don't care what anybody says about me anymore. If after 30 years that I've been here, you still do not trust my judgment, then you have no business being here. He that spiritual judges all things, yet is not judged by any man. That does not make him an island. That does not make him all knowing, all seeing, all... No, he's not omniscient. But judge by the past. Even if you don't know what the situation is, what did he do in the past? If you would take this type of action, why? Is he trying to protect himself from something or protect the person? None of the friends of Job, his miserable comforters, knew that everything Job was going through started from God's standpoint. That God took a wager with Satan. Who said, I've been going to and fro the earth. I've conquered everything I'm in charge. He said, no, I still have a man there. I said, there will be no generation where God will not have a witness. I still have a man there. His name is Job. He said, yeah, I've checked him out. But every time I've attempted to attack him, there's a hedge around him. Do you know what Job called that hedge? When your sweet cancer was upon my tent, it was God guiding him every inch of the way. So the enemy coming against him was scattering in seven ways. No wonder he had seven sons. <laughs> When this fellow spoke, the moment he finished, God showed up and started conducting geography class. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? To what did I fasten all the pillars? Where were you when the sons of God sang together? What is the length? What is the breadth? A man suffering. Is that what Job wants to hear? But also, Elihu had prepared his heart. Because he heard what Elihu said, and he listened to him. As he compared Leviathan and it was the second beast. The behemoth. I said, there are some things that will come against you that only God can kill. That the same person who wrote, there is no temptation taking you that is not common to men. And God will make a way of escape so that you will be able to bear it. Now wrote in the same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, I want to tell you what befell us in Asia. That we were pressed beyond measure, above strength, that we are not able to bear it. 
that we had the centers of death in our body, that God would deliver us from death, is delivering us, and he will yet deliver us. How do you come to know? I, I love Paul when he said, I want to come to you again and again, but Satan hindered me. With all, us, all of his apostolic grace. See, men pretend like they are all together when they will fall like a house of cards. Because others can see what you don't see. Except you put a mirror in front of you and a mirror at the back. You can't see your back, the back of your head. Even with the two mirrors, you will not see everything. Because when you stand before the two mirrors, it will show you the back and show you the center. But someone next to you is taller can sing. Because the plague is always in the head. Are you listening to me? Now, this brings me to this. There are those who speak and grant access to hell. And there are those who speak, they bring heaven in. The friends of Job brought in hell. A Elihu turned heaven loose so that God could have a platform to speak. And then he turned to the friends of Job later. You miserable comforter friends of Job. Job is more righteous than all of you put together. Go and make a sacrifice and go to him to pray for you. With all the nonsense you have said. Humble yourself! Say, I'm sorry. With all the nonsense you have said. You understand me? Because uh, you do not know what was behind the scene. And when they did so, Job prayed for them. And because he released them from every hurt and wound, the Lord turned the captivity of Job. He had twice what he already had before the devastation. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Say to your neighbor, wise men speak, wise men speak. because they have something to say. Others speak. speak, because they have to say something. Let's look at Job 32, 18. I said I'm coming to dig deeper. I'll finish the exhortation with this and you pray. And I will pray. Job 32, verse number 18. For I am full of words. That's not what it says in the original. It means words. It's part of it. But go to the text in KJV and say, see what it says. Job 32, 18. For I am full of matter. Job 32, verse number 18. Ready? Read. For I am full of matter. The spirit within me constrained me. I am full of matter. Say to your neighbor, I am not full of myself. I'm full of matter. The spirit of the Lord within me constrains me. I am full of matter. The word matter in this content simply means subject. The word matter simply means subject. And that's why sometimes you use subject matter. You use them together. Like saying still yet. That's bad English. But if it gets to you and you really want to, I did everything I've done, still yet! 
bad English. Okay. The word matter simply means subject. Thing treated, that is what you are treating, that which about we write or speak. Subject, thing treated or being treated, that which we write about or speak. This is what I love more in this definition. That which employs thought or excites emotion. That which employs thought or excites emotion. The songwriter by the name of Milton wrote a song many years ago. He says, Son of God, Savior of men, your name shall be the copious matter of my song. See that with me this morning, Son of God, Savior of men, your name shall be the copious matter of my song. Lift your hands up again and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart employ thought and excite positive emotion in the mighty name of Jesus. Help me not to give access to hell. When I speak, let heavens open in Jesus' mighty name. And the people said, Isaiah 55 verse number 6 I'll read up to 11 Seek the Lord while he may be found Call upon him while he's near Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon Read together. Ready? Read. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and board, that he may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God was speaking about rain coming from heaven and snow coming from heaven and not returning thither until he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater, I say, just exactly is my word. It will not return to me void. But when that rain comes upon you, like dew from heaven, when that snow falls, what you do with it will either show that you are blessed or cursed. Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Chapter number 6. Hebrews 6. 
verse 7. Hebrews 6, verse 7. For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated, does what? Receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and bears the original curse in the garden, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose head is to be born. I want you to pray to the Father this morning. Lord, prepare my heart. Make it good ground for your word. As we unveil the goals and strategies for 2019 and beyond, let every word that comes from heaven find a good soil in my heart that it will produce maximally in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, protect me from the birds of the air. Let my heart not be a stony ground. Let me not be a by-the-way person, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, I do not want my heart to be like thorns, so that the word does not get choked. Let my heart be good soil that produces a hundredfold, so that I have something to show for my faith in you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Open the floodgate. Open the floodgate in abundance and cause your your neighbor one more time I'm not full of myself I'm full of matter the spirit of God within me constrains me I'm not full of myself I am full of matter the spirit of God within me constrains me Welcome to Goals and Strategies 2019 and beyond. It is said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. So today, the subject of our contemplation is the evangelistic thrusts and growth dimensions of the now church. 
the evangelistic thrusts and growth dimensions of the now church. Men and brethren, as we transit into the citadel, a vertical city with very broad horizontal proportions, our desire and propelling force is number one to grow up. We must grow where it matters. I spent not just one session, two sessions on this teaching on how to grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up. Grow up. A compelling desire and the force that propels us is to grow up. Number two, to grow big. You're not just going to be singing big, 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 large, 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 large. No. We will grow up and grow big. And I'm not talking about fat tummies. Number three, we will grow very rich. We will grow very rich. Give me Genesis 24, verse number 1. Genesis 24, verse number 1. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in some things. Tell your neighbor, we are growing up. Number two, we are growing big. We are going rich, very rich. And number four, we are growing together. We are growing up, we are growing big, we are growing very rich without apologies. And we we grow together consequently our focus in this transition period and beyond is institution building our focus in this transition period and beyond is institution building we are going beyond membership drive Just filling the chairs on Sunday morning and counting our numbers and, and praising the Lord that the hall is full to capacity. We're going beyond membership drive to making disciples of every nation, beginning with ours. What the church has done either to is to make disciples in every nation. Some that are accessible, and even the ones that are not so accessible. We have made disciples in every nation, but we have not made disciples of every nation. Because until you control the levers of power, until you influence what happens 
on the seven mountains of culture. You cannot disciple any nation. You may have disciples who are wishy-washy. You may have some who are strong, but who have no access to anything that can bring about change. Then your major focus will be corporate social responsibility so that at least they will know you are doing something. You dig borehole, you buy rice, you buy fish, you give used and unused clothes to people, you give scholarships, you understand me? Those things are wonderful. Many call it uh, social action, Jesus style. Others call it in the corporate world, corporate social responsibility. If I give a million scholarships before I die, I would have touched a million lives who would touch other lives. But the day I have access into the levers of power and I'm able to change policy around education, that no child in the nation will, will be hindered from going to school and that the state covers it, I have impacted the entire nation. Compared to giving home, I'm not saying we are stopping uh, corporate social. Dig all the boreholes you want to dig. I wish you well. I've not stopped you. Uh, we just finished a major outreach. Dominion Partners major outreach. Uh, it was wonderful. 400 and something people. 458 souls. 485. Sorry, I, I didn't get the figures right. 485 people are saved. What is the population of Lagos State? What is the population of Nigeria? So by the time those 485... If we ever, if we ever get all of them, because some came for fish, some came for loaves, some, they knew that day at least, if they can manage to line up all their children to get something, the week, see, every Christmas in this church, I'll bring frozen fish, frozen chicken, rice, then I discover that our neighbors are bringing their family. It was supposed to be, no family will go home hungry at Christmas. It was just take one. They will line up seven children to collect for one family. They, and then I, I said, this is not working. It's not working. Rather than building institutions, we look for little help here and little help to appease to our conscience that at least we are doing something. It is not wrong to be your brother's keeper. No, no, no. It is wrong to hold your bowels of mercy when someone is in need. But Jesus did not ask us just to go and make disciples in every nation. He said, make disciples off. Focus in this transition period and beyond this institution building. We are going beyond membership drive to making disciples of every nation beginning with ours. And I have a role to play in that. I declare to you without any apologies. I have a role to play in that. And by the grace of God, I will reach my goal, fulfill my role in the name of Jesus Christ. And nothing will stop me. Pray that prayer for yourself. Who is on the side of the Lord this morning? Do you have a part to play in this? Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, today 
no one except God can really tell how many people have been raised by or have passed through this ministry. Our influence through our television ministry and outreach, the moment of truth, alone, within and outside of the shores of our country, is significant, is phenomenal. By record, given to me on the 1st of April, by our record keeper, Pastor Ike, by record, our charter members, as of April 1, are 9,365 people. The number of marriages conducted so far by April 1, not including Owokwe's yesterday, minus the Owokwe's and, and the other weddings that took place after April 1. The number of weddings, marriages that have been conducted at the Lateran Assembly as at April 1, there are 1,222 marriages. That's an average of 41 marriages per year of our existence. And the number of children born, we have done also biological growth. Man, of those who have gone through our charter membership process, the number of children born are 3,455 people. That's an average of 115 babies per year of our existence. So you cannot readily say we have not tried. You can say we have no relevance. By the grace of God, he has added to us. He has multiplied our influence, but there is more. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you have embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.